So let me let me repeat because I've kept off this because I've been thinking about computers and AI for a long time. Let me repeat a fundamental principle here that is not as widely understood as it should be. For a lot of people, what you might call the creedal basis of their religious or perhaps their philosophical existence arises because they routinely and often blindly buy into, accept and at least pretend to live by a set of foundational principles that they were given by their parents or their culture or their world and they call themselves a Christian and they say I believe this, that and the other. And if you ask them why, then the answer that you're likely to get is, well, because that's the truth, because that's the faith by which we are saved. And so whether it's I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and all the other bits of the creeds that are recited, or the Lord's Prayer, or something in Islam, Judaism, Whatever it may be, the assumption is that those foundations are where we start. And 50 years ago, when I did the last year of my BD at Edinburgh, I wrote a thesis on this very subject, arguing then, as I would argue now, that this is a very serious mistake. I didn't see the full ramifications of it 50 years ago, but I certainly see them now. And the ramifications are that anyone who just believes something on the basis of a set of axioms is essentially enslaved by a power system, by coercion. Because the only basis upon which a set of axioms can be verified and rendered legitimate is what comes from them. Is the superstructure, is the building. How good are your foundations? Is how good is your building? Is to be judged by how good is your building? And frankly, how good the foundational principles by which you live your life, or I live mine, can only be assessed by the life that they lead to. Can only be assessed. It's no good saying, I'm a good Christian because I believe the following six impossible things before breakfast, but uh, my life is a wreck, I am a wreck, I destroy other people. I am a a miserable, destructive human being, but I hold to these fundamental truths so I'm all right, because that's how I'm saved. Anybody who believes that will frankly believe anything. But that isn't the way it is, and that's certainly not the way we should assess it. We should say what foundational assumptions are optimal in our given circumstances 
so that through them we can live the best life we can live. Now, you can say to me, who's going to decide that? Well, ultimately, I am. I'm going to say to myself, do I believe that what I'm doing is as good as I can do, as the best I can be? Am I the best I can be? Am I living the best I can be? Am I the best person I can be? And if not, is one of the reasons why I'm not that the roots of my existence are defective. The fundamental assumptions by which I'm living are defective. And one of the reasons why I stopped taking religion seriously was because I simply found myself in a position where I couldn't be myself and go on pretending to believe this, frankly, nonsensical view of the world. And if you look at some of the images from, first of all, Hubble, and now most recently and even more magnificently, the James Webb Telescope, and you look at these hundreds of millions, if not billions of galaxies, each with billions of stars, and you think about us, or me, wandering a footpath in a tiny corner of a tiny field, in a tiny country, in a tiny planet, in a tiny system, in a tiny galaxy, far, far away from anything. And you really want to turn around and tell me that we are the sole purpose of the universe. Well, again, if you'll believe that, you'll believe anything. Now, of course, you can come back and say, yes, but you know, there is a counter-argument to this, which is even scientific, which is to say, if the universe were not the size that it is and the kind that it is, we simply couldn't be here. You need a universe like this with stars and galaxies and interstellar space and explosion and the death of stars and nucleosynthesis. Because without all those things, you can't make the elements. You can't make helium from hydrogen or lithium from helium and hydrogen or all the higher elements up and up and up and up until you get to iron, which is the heaviest thing you can make in a star, an ordinary star. How could that possibly work if the universe weren't so big? So it may be that this whole thing is predicated on making us. Well, yes, it could be. I acknowledge the science, but it's far more likely that it is what it is and that we are just one of the examples of the things that have emerged from it and that it certainly wasn't made, as people who believe in the anthropic principle would have you believe, it certainly wasn't made this way specifically and solely with the intention of letting us evolve eventually. Heavens above. If that's the sum of the creator's ambitions, then he needs to get out more. So does she, of course. And in fact, there's a wonderful diagram in one of Roger Penrose's great books, I think it's in The Emperor's New Mind, where he has a picture of a pseudo-deity swirling with a pin in his hand, trying to hit one spot in a cosmic morass, the spot that would be necessary 
in order for the universe to guarantee that something like us would evolve. And of course, this is just the more you think about it, the more absurd that it gets. But the point that I'm trying to make, I'm sorry, I've, I've wandered off as I so often do. The point that I'm trying to make is that the adequacy of the foundations is to be assessed by the adequacy of what is built upon them. If it's physical buildings, the adequacy of their foundations. If it's life, the adequacy of your assumptions, the adequacy of your foundational assumptions, the things that really are a reflection of who you are, even though there are people, and I would have been, and indeed frankly was one of them for many years, who by adopting verbatim under coercion, or just out of default, the assumptions of a culture, or a religion, or a family, are by definition dictated to by them, and no doubt to some extent limited by them, and no doubt to some extent constrained by them, that is tragedy. Because we all have choices to make about the kinds of lives we live, and I think that the only time when you could, that you can really say that you have discovered what your foundational assumptions and beliefs are is when you've lived life long enough to decide that they are the things that you believe because they are what have made you what you are. And so when we talk about unmaking sense, what we're doing is saying we've all inherited lots of assumptions. Some of us have been made to adopt certain assumptions. Some of us have been browbeaten or even physically beaten into accepting and acknowledging certain assumptions, religious dogmas, philosophies, political theories. All of that has happened and all of those things have served to make us, in some sense, who we are. But if we sense that there's something wrong with who we are, then that means there must be something wrong with those foundations. So we should go back and change them. And whatever sense the world may make to us, we've got to be prepared to do the disassembly the closest analogy of which is when you move house, when everything that is in spick and span order suddenly gets replaced, put somewhere else. And for a while you're in chaos. We've got to be prepared to go through that chaos. Because if we don't, we'll never change. And our foundational assumptions will dictate who we are forevermore. And that's a sombre enough thought as we come slowly towards episode 500. But I think I'll leave it there. Thank you for listening. <laughs>